Hey, it's Ross Payton with Rollerblading Bubble Radio. This is a special episode of RPBR, the post-mortem, um, post-mortem, yeah. Post-mortem. <laughs> on uh, Stay Frosty, the, the role-playing game, and our discussion on Quake. Because uh, uh, this is part of a, a new series idea that we're, we're trying out, uh, where we look at a video game, then play a tabletop role-playing game based on that video, or inspired by that video game. And uh, then we talk about the the synthesis, the antithesis, the uh, Hegelian struggle between <laughs> uh, the two. Uh, yeah. So, um, and of course, Chris is here too. How are you doing, Chris? Hi, it's me. I'm the guy. Yeah. Uh, more or less, at least halfway responsible for all of this. So uh, <laughs> glad to uh, actually be seeing at least this part of it to the uh, to the very end. Yeah. No, I, I'm excited to talk about it uh, because I did have a lot of fun playing uh stay frosty with the slipgate choke point supplement i should say because that is uh what we did so yeah um and you should have already heard the actual play by now where we went into hell or the quake dimension and you know uh killed all the monsters um uh, yeah. there was a lot of there was a lot of highs i gotta say mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of a lot of fantastic highs mm-hmm. um so uh uh um if you recall from the last episode, uh, uh, what, what made this uh, supplement to Stay Frosty so appealing is that there was very much an arcade uh, gaming sensibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in in the written text, in the flavor text, you know, the uh, the people uh, who got together and made this supplement very much, you know, were more concerned about you know the players having fun, the players always performing actions, you know, and the role playing more or less kept to like a very very quiet background hum. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a role playing game, but our our, our game of Stay Frosty was very much tactical. Well, like, I mean, the role playing in the sense of like narratively describing how we kill the monsters. There was a lot of that the the uh, stunting mechanic, I believe. Yeah, uh, we really got into that, and um, so that that was sort of like, ah, oh, my cool guy does the cool thing, and it's cool. Yeah, fuck yeah. Uh, which is a form of role playing. It's just not like really getting deep. But um, there's also, yeah, uh, uh, it, w- it was fun. That, that, that's for sure. But it is, yeah, it's interesting that we went to the, um, there's this, yeah, the, the, the dichotomy between like the gameplay being very different, but just the, the linking element being the setting. So, um, yeah, what do you want to explore first? Well, uh, let me see here. So, so um, I, th- I think we should really look at what we were most focused with at the time, which, is, uh, which was, you know, getting the most out of the stunting mechanic. Mm-hmm. Uh, just so, so just for recall here, uh, every player is equipped with a one d three, and essentially, if they don't, if they roll anything other than a one, then their stunt uh, fails, so to speak. Yeah. But uh, the, the the attack still goes through. So uh, you know, there's there's there, there is always an incentive for the player to attempt uh, uh, stunting, mm-hmm. which I think is great because you know that really gets people's creative juices flowing, and you know they're better able to envision their avatar in the quake realms, mm-hmm. and you know they they'll, they'll want to keep trying stunts even if you know like like the majority of the stunts that were attempted in the game uh, actually failed. Yeah, and 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 uh, you know and it would have sucked that there was a penalty attached to that. Then we never would have done it. Yeah, unless we were really desperate, it would have been a very like move of last resort. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And for me, yeah. So that's a, it's an interesting mechanic. Now there are other games that use the stunting mechanic. Uh, Feng Shui comes to mind and that's sort of more built into it that you have to, well, you, it, it, you're very narratively encouraged to it and you often succeed in games like Feng Shui, which is meant to replicate action movies. 
Um, now this is, uh, I want to say the, the uh, stay frosty is an OSR game, but like, it's not really an OSR game. It's a rules light game for sure. But like OSR means emulating old school D and D and it, and it's not because it has stunting mechanics and the, the mechanics are different, but yeah, I don't know. Um, old school Renaissance. That's what that means. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So games that emulate like D and D from the early eighties, that that's sort of what they're going for. Uh, there's also an emphasis on weird fantasy, uh, mixing sci-fi and fantasy elements and often sort of like, uh, very edge lordy kind of, uh, <laughs> content in some cases that gets very gratuitous and very quick is a little edge lordy. Well, yeah, but yeah. So that's one of the reasons why I kind of called it an OSR game was because of that. But, um, yeah, so um, like the developers, like they, you know, they said they were directly influenced by you know H.P. Lovecraft stories. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the monsters shared names mm-hmm. with some of the monsters there. Well, the the boss did in particular, Shubnigaroth, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, obviously you know uh, Cthulhu mythos deity, and um, that's the thing you uh, telefrag at the end of Quake uh, One, um, and. A move you admirably replicated, if I, I recall did. correctly. Yeah, at the that, end of the campaign. that was fun. I loved that they added the rules for that in there. Um, yeah, the thing about Stay Frosty overall, uh, I did enjoy it. I don't know what kind of legs it would have as a campaign. And um, I had, like, doing another session of it, you would have to house rule it. I feel as a one shot, we got through, we got, we, we engaged with most of the content in terms of the rules and mechanics. There really wasn't anything we didn't touch on uh i think mechanically speaking uh i mean obviously not character investment because we were new characters but um in terms of like types of things we can do we pretty much stunted we telefragged uh we got i made the, sure that yeah. we didn't really have to deal with things like encumberment mm-hmm. you know and like gear slots and that sort of thing because oh is that in the rules in in the original stay frosty rules yeah okay and you know and they're still there and they're still supposed to be in play in the um in in the slipgate choke point thing, oh, but okay. like the more I read, the just you know it just it just seemed like you know it's just going to be such a hamper. The like you know okay now roll, roll your stock dice to see if your jump boots de- deteriorate now. No, it's just better that you, you have the jump boots and you can use them. You mm-hmm. know, uh, no. you know you don't have to, you know yes you can carry that med kit with you. I'm not going to say that you're carrying 50 pounds you can't lift another ounce. No, that's stupid. Yeah, uh, especially for yeah uh, for a game meant to emulate military like Stay Frosty the main RPG is meant to uh, emulate military sci-fi particular and corridor shooters, basically like, like doom is the big one in that. Um, and th- that's an odd choice to put encumbrance rules in that in it, it, something that emulates. Well, it's also uh, state frosty is also supposed to emulate movies like aliens, I think. Um, but even so that's an odd choice because encumbrance isn't really a factor in any of those things. Uh, even in aliens, um, it's not yeah, encumbrance is such a weird rule overall. I mean, it's obviously meant to limit what players can do and can't do. Like you can't just have a thousand items with you at all times, but like in video games, you, you basically do like the inventory system is like, uh, the better ones are like, well, I mean, some of them do actually do weight and stuff like that, but that's because they can do all that calculation for you like yeah 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 yeah. so um yeah that's the thing i mean like you know even if something is as simple and rudimentary as you know hunt destroy quake or doom you know there's still a lot of a lot of cool stuff that's being automated Mm -hmm. you know uh uh, at least of all the ai of the monsters like yeah the doom guy has like can carry nine different types of long guns and shit like that and like hundreds of rockets and machine gun bullets and uh all kind in plasma round yeah like like the doom guy and the quake guy carry a lot of shit 
Like, <laughs> and they doesn't they got a lot of shit to kill. They got a lot of shit to kill. They that doesn't encumber them in the means. Doom guy is fucking fast. Quake guy can jump really high, especially with a rocket. Um, and oh, yeah, I guess that was one mechanic we didn't really engage with was the rocket jumping because. Uh, well, we, you guys really didn't have a chance to like get any explosives to bounce off of. You know, you, you had grenades yeah. and that was it basically. Yeah. Um. So I guess that was the one thing we didn't do, but like. That kind of 3D spatial movement is never really replicated well in a tabletop game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, I think like it was a fun, yeah, it, yeah, it was fun, but like, yeah, it just, a, I didn't see legs for an extended game um, without you having to do a lot of work. Now, if you were basically adding on to it, but and these sort of rules like games are sort of meant to be like, oh, you can add a bunch of shit to it, which is fine, but like, yeah, uh, I get a game, so I don't have to do that <laughs> too yeah. much. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I agree. You know, it would be it would be difficult to like. You know, mm-hmm. I think even do like 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 a three session game. Yeah, because um because because the emphasis is on action. The emphasis is on dice roll, dice roll, dice roll. Yeah, you know, I mean, just you know that that by the second session we have taken all the fun out of rolling dice. Yeah, I mean, this could have been like a board game. Now that I think about it, like one of those. But uh, I mean, that would have been a way pretty expensive. So we were kind of doing like one of those. Um, yeah, like Zombie Side or or Gloomhaven to a degree, but without like getting too deep into the rules and without minis. I mean, we had minis, but they were like you know not official minis or anything. <laughs> Pretty cool ones though, if I say so yeah, myself. Yeah. Little counters and shit like that. Yeah. Um, and and generic rounded up D and D minis repurposed. Um, so yeah, as a simple dungeon crawl, um, with guns and just go to room, kill monster. It was fine. And but the gameplay it's up like like Quake is like a Twitch based game like you're it's fast and requires also careful resource management because like you don't regenerate health like in Call of Duty and shit like that you just have to go and kill monsters as efficiently as possible uh, or get around them so you can get the items and get the key and get out of the level because that's the whole thing just get A to B and um, this one you can't really replicate that exact type of gameplay in. Uh, tabletop game and nor should you i i think um or, or i don't know should you like what, what do you think you you would want to replicate that feeling of playing quake or just the setting of quake because that i mean i you know i mean that's that, that that that's a great question to ask because you know we're talking about board games and we're also talking about tabletop role-playing games and now we're also talking about video games and and the i i i would i would argue like at least one of the chief differences between a video game and a tabletop role-playing game is that generally, you know, uh, 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 the game is fast-paced, whereas you know mm-hmm. the the tabletop game is a is a is a collaborative experience with a generous number of people usually, mm-hmm. and you know, and 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 things are discussed, things that you know, things are thought through, mm-hmm. and you know, whereas on the other hand, I mean, you know, if you're playing Quake and you see the ogre, you shoot the ogre, you know, there's not a lot of you know, there's not a lot of like you know, hmm, you know, it's just. You know, I, 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 yeah. There's no chance to like negotiate with the ogre. Yeah, uh, in the video game version, at least, he exists to kill you or to get around. Uh, yeah, he, he is a threat. Um, yeah. So I guess like the idea, like uh, uh, the the medium is the message to a degree. Like you know, uh, video video games should stick to their strength. Tabletop games should stick to their strengths. Um, is it a betrayal of like, I'm playing, I want to play a tabletop game inspired by this because like the thing about quake, people don't remember the setting that much. Like it's the gameplay. They sure. Sure. Rocket jumping. They remember Brown. They remember Brown. <laughs> Brown's very important. They remember entering the Brown zone. Yeah. The Brown zone, the rust zone, <laughs> uh, nine inch nails, the music, you know? Sure. Um, 
So, yeah, I guess that, that that's sort of the key is like uh, and sort of the heart of the series is like if you're wanting to bring a video game into a tabletop game, what are you what are you actually bringing? Like um, now, because for me, what and what Stay Frosty did, the obvious thing is the setting, like the lore, the monsters, the the set dressing and like but you're playing the gameplay is very much informed by D&D, not Quake. Um so it's it's just kind of a redressing of D and D in in so many ways, uh, but with you know you know new ha- no rules like like we mentioned Sunny, but the other thing is like would the the what the the other option I can see another option and uh, which would be more abstract and harder to do I think, but it would be interesting, which would be to try and translate the Quake gameplay to a tabletop setting, and so you'd have to think about like, what is the essence of quake? Um, and quake is very much about position and speed. Um, you know, it's like a physics equation. You are this variable moving along this vector, you know, and you're shooting a rocket at this angle. Um, so I could see a tabletop version. That's very much almost like, um, like chess, but with like dice, um, (laughs) to where the position of your character on a, on a grid because how else do you translate movement on that um, is can move certain ways and shoot at certain angles. And um, it's about outthinking your foe quickly, you know? Um, yeah. The essence of quake, I think is found almost exclusively in dice in the dice roll because you know, there, there's the thrill of chance. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, no, I, well the quake, the video game is not chance based at all. It's all like, it's all programmed in. Like you shoot a rocket at a certain, it's always going to hit. If you shoot a rocket, like, at this angle, it's always going to hit that. It's always going to go the same path. It's always going to hit the same thing. Like it's, it's mathematically like there's no variable to it. There's no, like um, all the weapons are like hit scan, you know, like, sure. But when you fire in quake, I mean like, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not making that calculation in your head. You know, you're like, I know, it will, I know it will hit the ogre if I bounce it off the wall this way. Okay. You know, I mean, I've, or at least, you know, you know, I'm, when so I'm like the player shot. feel, not the actual game engine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what the okay. what the player's feeling, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. the game engine is it's the Quake is not randomized at all. Like, no. It's not like like roguelikes are as a video game category very random. Like because like you get different power ups and the levels are randomly generated in like uh, Binding of Isaac, for example. So uh, I guess when I but say like, like Quake, it's all preset and the like you move and jump in a certain way, it will always follow a certain formula. Uh, enemies will always have the same health. They'll always do the same thing. Their patterns are very much set. Um, it's all predetermined. It's all like based on your choices. So like, um, that's why I was looking at chess. Cause like there's no randomization in chess. No, you're right. All yeah. the information is present. Yeah. Um, but not necessarily in a game of quake though. There are walls. Well, yeah, but there, but it's all preset. Like you can like speed run quake. Oh yes. It, yeah. 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 So, like, quake has been solved. Yeah. For quake sure. has been solved. So like, um, you want gameplay to replicate that. Like, uh, no, you can change the variables and make it, you know, the equivalent of a user made level and, and set it, configure it differently. But whether it's like, you know, E one M one or a user made level, the rocket's always going to function the same way. Always going to shoot at the same angle. Uh, there's no random. It, 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 like you shoot rocket at this angle and the ogre is moving this direction. It will hit him or it won't uh, like the end based on that, that formula. Um, but if you had randomization, you would make a roll. And even if you lined it up right, you know, you had an 80% chance to hit or whatever, you would like miss. So like the, the whole dice rolling in, in tabletop games is to sort of simulate whether or not you got that that formula right, whether you aimed correctly. It's just like, well, you're you're a pretty good marksman. So 80% of the time you line it up right and you hit them. 
Um, but in Quake, obviously, that's just done by your your mousing skills, essentially. You know? Sure. There's no random. In, um, now, like, there is randomization in, like, weapons that have, like, a, a, a scatter, like shotguns uh, to a degree, like how many pellets actually hit. So that's randomized to a degree. But, like, um, Quake is not very random at all. So that's why I was thinking, like, a game that's very deterministic. Uh, deterministic. Um, you just you make certain choices and certain things happen. And it's always the same if you make the same choices and the same variables are included. So, um, but does that, can you make a game that like that, that is actually fun to play? Well, but, you would have to strip out the dice in that regard, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I'm well, yeah. Uh, uh, so I would say, che- when I said chess with dice, I meant like to a certain degree. Hmm. Um, and perhaps it is more like, uh, so instead of you, so yeah, so that's sort of the trick. Like how much randomization do you put in there? So like, like I said, there is some randomization in quake, very minimal, like shotgun patterns, um, and nail gun patterns, I think are randomized to a degree. Like they don't like, they just shoot in a certain direction, but there's a certain amount of like scatter. Um, and yeah, so yeah, that's, uh, but uh, that's so like quake is very deterministic, but like how much randomization you put in the tabletop of translation of that is sort of up to the designer and like what you think would be more fun. Um, so yeah, this is kind of like a board game thing about like the, the, the sort of old joke is the Ameritrash versus the Euro board games. Right. Yeah. Euro board games are not like Ameritrash games just have lots of dice rolling, you know, like monopoly just yeah. roll dice all the fucking time or zombie side or, you know, uh, uh, and then Euro games are like, no, you draw cards and you know, you, you play certain things and it goes a certain pattern. And then, once per game, you roll a die, you know, or maybe lots of wooden cubes and yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very bespoke board. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, now they do have randomization in, even in Euro games, but that's because they shuffle card decks and you draw cards in a different order or tiles or something like that. Um, and yeah, you know, I mean, if, if, if you, if you have a particular bee in your bonnet about randomization and board games, like I do, mm-hmm. I have a collection of games that minimize the randomness to, 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 to an incredible degree yeah. to make it like a game of chess where all the information is there. Nothing's hidden. There's no, there's no advantage. Yeah. Are the, what kind of games do you, can you uh, list some of those? Yeah. Uh, for example, uh, basically, you know, this is, I, I think this was kind of champion to me as like the, the, uh, the, the example of a, of a, of a Euro style board game mm-hmm. that has more or less had all its randomness clipped out. It's called Kalus. Mm-hmm. It's spelled C A Y L U S. I think it's a French pronunciation. Kalu, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, uh, just to make it make the short and sweet, the only randomized element are the order in which the first six tiles on the board are placed. And everyone knows what those tiles are and mm-hmm. what they do. That's the only thing that changes between games. And yet somehow this makes the game, you know, at least for me, very, 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 very thoughtful, very, you know, you know, very, uh, what, do they, what do they call it, crunchy, I guess mm-hmm. you'd say, in, in tabletop parlance. Yeah. Yeah. And very rules heavy. Very, yeah. Very, very dense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unlike, say, um, you know, Munchkin is not super dense, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty pretty light uh although luncheon has got its own problems so you know looking at that you know from the from the lens of the video game quake i mean uh, so i i understand what you mean now when you say you know that that there is no randomization which is to say that the level loads the same all the time the enemies are in the same place all the time and they will more or less exhibit the same behavior all the time Mm -hmm. yeah so i understand what you mean by that okay okay so like 
do you want to replicate that the game that that sort of experience of the game Quake game engine, which is very determined? heavens no. That's okay. not that is not my that is not my okay. goal. I, I, right. I, I didn't want to come in here with like an actual like you know one to one copy of E one M one and be like all right let's okay. do this boys no all right yeah because because that's not the point of, to to me to okay. me that very much misses the point right. of what a tabletop role playing game is and that is and, and and that is you know the the, the uncertainties and the foibles of your companions. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 you know, I I, I I had fun bringing this game to you guys to play because I wanted to see what was going to happen to all these wacky wobblers when I threw them in mm-hmm. the in the quake dungeon <laughs> together. You know, I mean, it 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 it. it you know, to me, you know, when when I say that, you know, there's there's the thrill of chance in the dice. You know, the 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 chance is 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 how the players are going to react. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 um, so that's you know that's that that that's that's what I was that's what I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. When I said, you know, oh well, the game of Quake, the game of Quake translated literally to tabletop, it pretty much happens all inside the dice. Yeah, like for me, like uh, like uh, the chess with dice thing, like I could see a version of Quake uh, on tabletop as like a very complex board game. So, like, I played Gloomhaven. Have you played Gloomhaven? Uh, bits and bobs, but I need like a professional to run it for me. Oh yeah, yeah. It, uh, it, it's it's complex enough. So basically, Gloomhaven is a co- cooperative dungeon crawling board game where everyone plays a adventurer. You go in dungeons and kill monsters, just like Quake. Um, but um, there's no dice rolling in it. You do there is randomization though. There's like a deck of cards that you draw to determine whether your attack hits or not. Like it ranges from like negative two to plus two uh, by default. And as your character levels, you can improve that deck. So you draw better and better like, oh, I, I need to hit. And so I need to draw a card of this value or better. Um, and so you can sort of mitigate that. So you could you could translate, take the, the gameplay, the system of Gloomhaven and translate it quick. Because a lot of uh, Gloomhaven is also based on positioning. Like you have to be in a certain range. You can't just, you know, be up to three hexes away. You have to be exactly three hexes away to hit somebody with a certain ability or like. They have to be in a certain pattern, and then you can hit them with a you know a, a, an area effect weapon. Um, and uh, there's abilities that key on allies. So you can make a version of this, a stripped down version of it, where like Gloomy is like a dozen or more character classes, and they all play very differently. But you'd have like four versions and like twelve monsters, and like do a version of that. And every so you set up the board and you go through it. And you like I use a laptop to to assist with that, and it's very crunchy. Um, <laughs> And so you could do that, but like, um, and I think that would replicate sort of like the system of Quake in a table. That's the tabletop equivalent of it. But like, as you said, that's not the point. Like, the point is to have fun. Uh, well, the point is like, so the the other option is to go really focus on the lore and like do what a lot of tabletop role playing games based on existing settings have done, which is expand the lore, mm-hmm. the expanded universe. Like we played the Aliens universe uh, RPG. And uh, it has it's like a 200, 300 page book and it has all the stuff about the corporations and the colonies and all the shit that's going on. Um, And so you could do that. So what I would do with the quake thing, um, I would change the mechanics more to emphasize positioning and effect, but still have it randomized like uh, I do like maybe like a rules light version of fourth ed D and D or Lancer where you have grid powers and grid weapons and stuff like that. Um, but make, keep it fast paced. I do like the stunting mechanic, but I would also, uh, expand on what happens outside of combat in the quake universe. And that's sort of like what Slipgate choke point does not do. No, there's a very pointed paragraph in there. Like, you know, they, they, they say the majority of the game should take place, you know, on, on the quake side of the gate, you know, and then like, even, you know, even though it says, Oh, you got to get this, 
you know, you got to recover this brain for the scientist. You know, the, 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 the person who wrote the, the, the supplement said that like, you know, just, you know, very light role play here. You know, mm-hmm. don't, you know, we don't need specifics or anything. And, and, and I kind of, I kind of understand why they would, they, they would lean towards that because when you say expand the lore of quake, then the idea there is to be able to tell a story in the world of quake that is absent. It's very, you know, it's, it's, it's very nature, which is running and gunning. Mm-hmm. You know, and and um, it, it, the 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 story that we have received throughout the years is only presented in like a couple of paragraphs. You know, not a lot of you know, not a lot of visual aid. There aren't any like real names of characters even really presented. Mm-hmm. Um, not until like the, the, the disastrous Quake Four, which was really. <laughs> well, I mean, like Quake. I mean, Quake One setting is entirely standalone. Like Quake Two, just. Ignored and and every other Quake since then has ignored it. Yeah, um, because they went yeah Quake two went with the Strog invasion so like that. Because basically in video games history is like after Quake uh, came Half Life and Half Life was cinematic and had a story and characters and like every video game company's like oh shit that's what we have to do because Quake was like the last big game I think maybe Unreal the first Unreal was also the same way it's like all right we're just it's just an, the setting is just an excuse we put together in a day so we could have you shoot <laughs> monsters. Like, I mean, that's Id's thing was like, Wolfenstein, shoot Nazis, Doom, shoot demons, Quake, shoot whatever the fuck these things are. Um, that's it. Like, <laughs> uh, but then Half-Life is like, oh, you can have a story. You're Gordon Freeman. You're at this uh, laboratory and weird things happen. And there's people who will talk to you and don't want to kill you. And you can help. And them. that would probably be, and, that, and I'd be shocked that there wasn't already at least a supplement or an, or an overt homage to Half-Life available in, in a tabletop role-playing game. Oh, sure. That's something to look up. But like, that's not what Slipgate Chokepoint wanted to do. They didn't want to make a Half-Life, give Quake a Half-Life treatment. They were like, oh, you're a ranger. You're, you're, you're general badass is your leader and you have to follow his orders, but you're at the base and you can talk to people or like on the quake. Maybe there's nonviolent monsters. Maybe there is an ogre you could talk to. He maybe might be a jerk, but if you help him, maybe he'll help you. And like, you know, typical things. that would be fun, you know, fun. That would be fun. fun. Yeah. So that would be something to explore. So that's sort of the other, the other dimension of this is do you expand the lore so you can do things that aren't included in the video game, but like, like the video game is very much like a, a spotlight on a particular aspect of this universe. There's a lot of that's implied that's just out of sight. Um, and yeah. Uh, and, and so like that, that's sort of the challenge of uh, uh, taking a t- tabletop RPG um, and translating it. Um, and the it, fact that quake was so light on a story to begin with, you know, that's what made the, uh, the machinima movement, you know, I think that that's what gave it a lot of oomph because people were able to tell their own stories within, you know, within this universe and not even necessarily have it set in the Quake universe. Just use the models. Yeah. Just use the engine even. Um, and so, yeah, for our listeners, Machinima was uh, the using video game engines to create uh, videos, uh, basically, uh, that you could either play originally natively inside the game or uh, eventually uh, people would record Machinima in their game engine and then put it on YouTube or whatever. And the idea is like you use the video game to tell a story uh, as basically an animation engine and you can add your own uh, image files and uh, 3d models and voices and like, uh, yeah, using it as an engine to tell a story. Um, And a lot of the early machinima used the assets that existed in quake to, to tell stories of like, Rangers killing monsters, you know? Sure. Uh, But like the one I, I, that blew my mind was quake delicious. Uh, Blobalicious. Like, uh, what? Called Blobalicious. Blobalicious, yeah. 
Uh, and that was, see, I can't even remember. Yeah. The name, even though we watched it not too long ago, um, <laughs> blah, blah, was like a comedy skit thing with like different characters and like setups and stuff like that. But, um, yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and those sort of ridiculous scenarios are what, you know, the sort of things that, you know, at least, at least the comedians in your role playing group, you know, those are the sort of stories that like you would come up with. Yeah. And, um, and, and so like, you know, I guess the question here is like, you know, is Slipgate Choke Point a viable means for you to tell your own story in the Quake universe? And, a very limited story. Yeah? Yeah, because, like, it's combat. Like, you would make up a new uh, mission, a new level, and you would put monsters in it, and can you defeat the monsters? Can you get to the end and do the thing? Uh, get the key, turn off the machine, kill the boss, whatever it is. It's a very tactical combat focus. Like, and that, and, and that's by design. That's That's what it's about. So, like, you couldn't explore any of the implications of it without adding, creating new rules and creating new uh, mechanics to sort of support that. Like there's no rules for talking to people. I don't like, what are the four attributes in stay frosty? Oh gosh. What is brawn? Yeah. Was speed. One of them. Speed was one of them. Wits. Wits. Uh, I think there were four total. Wasn't there a fourth one? I guess it's got to have something to do with health, like endurance or something. Yeah. Okay. So nothing, nothing about like charisma, nothing about no. like social things. Like, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that, um, so I guess, I guess the, the heart of this is what makes a good translation from a video game to an RPG, a tabletop game. And, um, I think it depends on the game, obviously to a degree, but like, because uh, as we mentioned, we've already established games can video games can do th- some things very well, and tabletop games can do th- some things very well, and it's very different. Um, now, actually, you know, there's another way I could see Quake being a, a physical game. Um, there are dexterity games ah. um, where uh, you have to actually physically flick or manipulate or or do things, um, and so. Um, <laughs> There is one, for example, called Seal Team Flicks, where yeah. you go on a grid and then you have to like they have set up a little plastic barriers and you have to shoot little tiny little pucks at enemies. And if you have like a shotgun, you get to shoot three of them. Uh, and, but you're flicking things, literally flicking them on a board. Have you have, have you ever heard of this? It, it, it's old. It's like yeah. you know from the sixties called Subateo. Uh-uh. Okay, so this is a European game, but but basically it's it's a soccer players, football players, uh, uh, you know, on a little tiny you know soccer pitch, and uh, or football pitch, and mm-hmm. yeah, you 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 flick your play, you know, people take turns flicking their players, and then uh, mm-hmm. the, some of these things are like based on like actual uh, football superstars of the day and time, mm-hmm. and I think it's still manufactured, but um, yeah, 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 I have a perfect idea what you're what you're talking about. Now. Yeah, so like that would be the closest tabletop equivalent to Quake in terms of like physicality. Because it's like real world physics, and in a sense, it's very deterministic. Because like physics is a physics, you know. Uh, but it still it seems very random to our perspective because we don't our our flicks are not consistent; they're not perfectly consistent, and there's also different conditions, you know. Um, and so you can never flick the same plastic figure twice, essentially, uh, <laughs> at least the same way. Um, so that would be another option. Actually, actually, another option. Now that I think about it, would be to do a Quake, uh, Warhammer 40k or type skirmish game, but hmm. a Quake with miniatures, and you you set it up on a table and you use measuring sticks, and then you can do larger battle. There's actually a 40k game called Kill Team, where each player only has a team of like like two to six figures. So you you control like a team of uh, rangers, and then like the other player could maybe they have more monsters. 
Uh, so it'd be one-on-one, like one player's the monsters, one player's the rangers. Or you could even do rangers versus rangers, monsters versus monsters. Or you could do maybe four-on-four, like two teams of rangers versus two teams of monsters. Um, but that'd be rolling dice and measuring shit out and stuff like that. So like, um, that could be another option for it. But um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, so... But uh, yeah, I guess I have an answer. What is, what is the heart of translating a video game into a tabletop game? Well, that very much depends on the game. Yeah, because so you know, Quake. Like, yeah, yeah. for Quake, for yeah. Quake in particular. Yeah. Um. Well, as I said, you know, I think I I, I think a lot of the 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 urgency, it, the kinetic nature of the uh, of a game like Quake, I think that's very well represented by these dice, and you know, certainly with you know doing the stunting. Well, you said the urgency and the the tension. You know, um, I think then in that case, I would change the rules a little bit. Oh, okay. Um, I would change it, um, to increase more of the push your luck mechanics. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so like basically push your luck is like, Oh, you're old. Well, do you want to double down and go again and get even better results? Um, and really, and make it very fast. Like, um, I know it had like, like one thing I would reduce attack rolls to one roll. Like you roll to hit and to damage and that's it. You make one roll and that's it. Um, and there are ways to do that mechanically. Um, so increasing push your luck mechanics would be an interesting choice. Um, another thing would be increase the type of consequences your character can suffer. So you can get hit more, um, and take more damage. Like the thing is like in quake, you, you know, you just have those hit points, right? Like you just go from like hundred to, if you have one point of health, you have a hundred points of health, you move the same, you act the same. Uh, which is fine, but like, if you die, you like that's the thing is also if you die, then it kind of sucks, right? Like, well, okay, well then what happens? Especially because you're playing with three other players in this case. Um, how do you get a new player in? So, um, there could be. Uh, oh, you know one one idea I had. I haven't seen it implemented in a game, but it would be interesting. It would be like a doom pool kind of thing. Like, well, it's just a term I have. So basically, the idea. The one thing I hate in RPGs is one player dies out of sync of with the rest of the group. So like they're just sitting there not doing anything, you know, like one player just gets, get hit, gets hit with a critical attack and they just eat it. And so like, Oh shit. And so they got to make a new character and they got to wait for that character to be introduced. And it kind of sucks. Right. So, um, what I would do is anytime a player, basically you have a pool of points, your doom pool. And every time a character would take a fatal attack, they, you just reduce they they actually get by it, but you reduce your doom pool. But then once the doom pool is empty, the next hit that connects with you kills you. Yeah, so the doom pool uh, would be a way. So like the the upside is everyone survives until everyone doesn't. Like basically, once the doom pool, is, the the downside is you know you you get hit once the doom pool is zero, then you're just dead. The f- next attack that hits kills you. Mm. Um, it's just automatically fatal. So. Um, it would be a way to replace hit points or something like that. Um, so, and then maybe health items restore doom pool to a certain degree. Uh, it's like, I haven't play tested it. Uh, I don't know exactly how to work, but that would be the idea is that like everyone has a gr- shared health. And then, so like the idea is everyone's fine and then everyone fucking, then it's just TPK time. So, um, there'll be another way to try it out. Um, yeah. So I feel like now that I think about it, stay frosty and slipgate don't like they're taking D and D mechanics and just putting quake over it. And it doesn't, uh, it, it mostly translate, but not a hundred percent. So I, I feel like you could, if they, they went a little further and really try to emphasize some of the in, interesting stuff about quake, 
it would be better. But like, I mean, it was a, it was a good effort. Like I'm not, I, I like I said, I had fun, but I feel like you could go even further. But um, yeah, are there any other kind of mechanics you think would work? Or uh, yeah, oh, <clears throat> or do you? I mean, what do you think of the Doom Pool idea? I think it's. I, I, I think that's a great house rule. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it would take some play testing to get right. Um, and yeah, uh, but something to try. But yeah, are there any other kind of mechanics you think would like? I mean, you haven't played nearly as many RPGs as I have because <laughs> Jesus Christ, I've made I'm trying to think in my life. of yeah. something that is unique to Quake that you could bring to the tabletop setting that would actually be unique. Yeah. Um, and while the stunning mechanic itself is uh, you know new to me, you've said that you've seen that done elsewhere quite a bit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of games have done it. Uh. <clears throat> it's um. I guess, you know, that's kind of a double-edged sword in regards to this game type's sort of simplicity and, you know, and why you don't really see this sort of game, you know, video game made anymore. You know, these these very simple hunt and destroy, you know, doom quake clones, so to speak. Yeah. Um, You know, it, 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 you know, it being a simple game to play on your computer, I think necessarily translates to being a fairly simple game to play on the table. Yeah. I feel like that's a good point. Like you don't like, I think it'd be missing the point if you made the quake RPG too complex. Like, um, so like the stuff I'm adding might make it too complex, but I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. kind of, it, it, this kind of reminds me of a story I just remembered, um, mm-hmm. a few years, a few wait, years and years ago, there was a group of uh, writers around Springfield. They were called like the ink spots or something. Uh-huh. And, um, they would kind of show up at that geekers land that we would hang out from time to time. And, uh, one night, you know, uh, I got wrapped up with them and they said, Hey, we need you to write a story about uh, a video game. That's what they were doing. That's like their project this week. They're going to write a short fiction about video games. And I chose Doom. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> and the short story I had written was just basically, you know, these two zombies were guarding the yellow key. And, like, one one of the zombies, like, you know, all they all could communicate is with, like, groans and moans and stuff like that. And the other one was very articulate and was able to understand perfectly what the other zombie was trying to say. So it was kind of like a one-sided conversation. that, But basically, you know, the, the, the story ended with the Doom Marine uh, d- d- destroying the talkative one, getting the yellow key, and leaving the uh, the, the 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 non-vocal one there to kind of mourn his Aww. friend's death. Like the last line was just like him going, <laughs> but like you know, and, and and like, but there's nothing in the Doom game that like ever suggests that these creatures talk or they you know they they collaborate with each other. Hell, right. I mean, they, they they end up shooting each other most of the time. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, if anything, that indicates that they are intelligent because they can like choose like "fuck you," I hate you, Steve. No, that's also yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> so, and uh, you know, it, it's it's I, I, I guess I just tell that story to, to 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 like emphasize that like you know I understand that like you know in games like this, you know you really do have to like you know push and and go beyond the margins, mm-hmm. and you know and and take a look at what's unsaid or or implied. Yeah, what's out of the spotlight? Like, yeah. Um, so I really like that idea of uh, doing a more like a game. I mean, the most obvious things do the same thing, but in Quake, you know, two ogres talking to each other. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, <laughs> but with monsters. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, there's a lot of storytelling games about that, but again, that's sort of like exploit. Like, what happens outside of combat? Yeah. You know? Like what happens in between missions? Like the the Rangers are still human; they still got to eat and sleep and all that shit. So, um, where where do they do that? You know, uh, who are they fighting for? You know, yeah, yeah. Um, what's the rest? You know, they say that Earth's been invaded or it's bad or well, how bad? You know, um, 
you know, like let's talk about logistics. Where are yeah. the restrooms? And, yeah. uh, <laughs> you can also go in like the, the yeah, building out the yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, but like, um, so you could go. You could do it, take it seriously, you know, like, oh, we're going to build the dark lore of Shubnigarov's, you know, empire, the spanning across dimensions. And here's the secret history of the Scrag, you know, <laughs> where here's where Scrags come from and uh, shit like, and here's where the Shamblers come from. Here's what they do. Uh, we have a name Shambler and he's a jerk. It's all the same sewage out for Jersey. <laughs> take that. But you could get also sort of absurdist, you know, like you did with the two zombies talking to each other, just kind of like, well, you know, it's a metaphor for being a working class stiff. And then you get killed randomly. The capriciousness <laughs> of the universe. Yeah. Um, all that shit. Um, so yeah, you can just go back and forth. There's a lot of options there. So like, um, what kind of tone I think you would take, want to take with quake. If I was the, like a, you know, I I, I would so, I would try to take it as seriously as the game takes itself. Okay, I would do it that honor because okay. it's very easy to do what I did with the Doom story and just be like, you know, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, you know, that yeah, kind yeah. of thing. That was but, fun. Yeah. But I think the true challenge would be taking the game as seriously as it took itself. Mm-hmm. You know, never break, never break, uh, never breaking kayfabe, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, by the way, do you have that story still? Oh, the 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 Doom story. Yeah, right? yeah. Oh goodness, no. It's Aww. just it's just up here. Aww. I would like to read that. I think our <laughs> patrons would too. Um, but uh, the, you know, okay. So like a storytelling game, storytelling games are huge right now. If you go in like itch.io, there's tons of physical games. Um, and that are all like PDF that you can play on a tabletop. Um, so one that I, that comes to mind would be like taking Quake seriously would be like, do a story about each ranger's tragic backstory or hardcore backstory. And so it would be like a storytelling game where you take turns or no, it's about the ranger, you know, like everyone plays an aspect of someone who knew the ranger before the slip gates. Mm. And so it's talking about what happens before the E one M one, like leading up to that moment. Like basically why is the ranger willing to go all through Helen back and willing to kill all these monsters to stop Shubnigaroth. And so is it, uh, is he trying to protect people? Is he trying to get revenge? Um, it, is he trying to atone for his own mistakes? Um, what motivates this guy? And so you are, you're all playing people who are in his past. Maybe you're dead. Maybe you're not. Um, and you tell a story. And so you take turns, uh, filling in certain elements of it. So there'd be like questions to fill out. Um, maybe you'd roll dice to determine certain aspects of like, Oh, uh, uh, you were his brother, uh, uh, and you trained together. How did that go? It went well. Oh, you like each other, you know, and they're like, <laughs> and then what happened to you? Oh, you died horribly. Okay. Well, you know, or it could have gone badly and you hate each other. And maybe, uh, you saved him though, for some reason. And he feels guilty about that. And that's what motivates him. So like, that would be um, an interesting storytelling game um, angle for uh, uh, for that. That's off the top of my head, but yeah. Um, another one would be, um, I think, uh, a game of talking about the monsters. Uh, sort of like there are a lot of storytelling games that are telling about like the history of a community or an empire, or, or, or and so do one about like the 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 empire of all these extra dimensional. Because I re- I think I remember they just go from dimension to dimension yeah. invading and spreading out and so like talk about like what happens like how many dimensions did they take over how many people did they you know worlds did they devastate and what were these worlds like so kind of like descriptive narrative games um uh, filling in the backlog filling in the, the blanks of the backstory 
Um, that's what comes to mind. Um, uh, does anything come to mind for you? Yeah. No. Right. I, I think I, 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 I just, sorry. I was, I was busy imagining everything you said. So I was okay. like, I was, I was, I was caught up in the moment. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, um, the, the, the multiple aspects thing I think is, 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 is a, is a, first of all, I think you expanded on something fun that I had done in the campaign, which was like, you know, like, like it, it, we all use pre-gens, mm-hmm. but like, you know, I gave everyone the chance to like, look at their, you know, their call sign and come up with the reason why they had that call. Oh, sign. that's right. Yeah, we did do that. I forgot. Yeah. That was just but, entirely but, you, but, but yeah. your, but your idea of like, you know, players fulfilling like an aspect or an actual person in this, in the, in the Rangers history, you know, that's taking the game as seriously as, as, as Quake takes itself. I think mm-hmm. so. Like you know, yeah, that's that that's that, that's absolutely a step in the direction that I would take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if you want to be really meta, though, you could do a game about the creation of Quake itself. Like, uh, do a storytelling game about being the people at a, a certain Texas uh, uh, software company. Uh, and like, um, Quake is a historical docu- uh, documentary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. There's different playbooks. It'd be like Powered by the Apocalypse. So like, someone gets the Carmack playbook. Someone gets Romero. <laughs> you do super meta and be like, do an Isekai thing where you are the uh, Quake uh, developers and you get thrown into Quake. So yeah, so like. Uh, uh, Romero would have his Daikatana. Uh, car- I nearly gave everyone call signs named after the developers, <laughs> but I want, but but dumb names won out. Yeah, yeah, dumb names. Uh, definitely always went out. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of angles you can take with Quake, and it's uh certainly fun to think about. Um, these kind of issues about translating what what a game from one medium to another. Um, so any final thoughts before we, we wrap it up about, uh, let's see here. Final thoughts, final thoughts. Uh, shoot. Um, no, if I, if I, if I got to say something here, uh, 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 this has been a wonderful opportunity. Uh, this is, uh, this is face shown to me by my friends. So like, uh, that's great. Makes me feel like a freaking Superman. Um, so, and and, uh, and um, you know, I'm looking forward to looking at the next game that we can do in the similar format. That's that's actually what I was wanting to talk about. Um, do you have any ideas about what what you're going to be looking for next? Well, um, I'm like, halfway tempted to ask if you would be interested in doing like a Max Payne thing. Max Payne thing. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I, I mean, could, I, so I, the I, game I'm with that story you told me about. Oh the exploding yeah. Car. Oh yeah. Yeah. Passos. Uh, I mentioned an RP bar before, but basically the short end version was, um, I was uh, playing Max Payne three. Um, I, the one that's partially set in Brazil and, um, I killed a bunch of guys in a graveyard and I, I shot up a car and was on fire. And then as soon as I killed the last guy, I was standing near the car that was on fire and the cutscene triggered. But the car was still on fire. So basically, an NPC named Passos shows up, and Max Payne says, "Oh, Passos!" And then the car explodes because, like, even though it's a cutscene, the game engine was still working. So I died in the cutscene and had to start over, uh, which uh, was pretty amazing. And um, you know, there's the game we need to play. Then is Feng Shui because that's that's the action because that that it has diving um like as a mechanic mm-hmm. uh it's very insp- like max Payne's very inspired by john woo mm-hmm. feng shui is very inspired by john woo um i've run feng shui before so i could run it or you could run it um I'll, uh so yeah that would be 
Yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Okay, yeah. open my mouth. I got what I wanted. Yep. All right. Well, so next next time we'll talk about Max Payne, the video game series. Uh, then do an actual play of Feng Shui set in Max Payne. Um, and that'll be interesting because I'd like to see how you Max Payneify Feng Shui in particular. Um, like, do we restore health by eating a bottle of pills, um, you know, or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, well it's, always, it's always pills with Max, isn't it? Yeah. Or, P- yeah. or, or who? Does he drink? I, don't I think remember. he does, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I know he drinks, but, like, does he get anything out of I it? I think he does. I think he gets it for both. Um, but, yeah, that, that'll that be, yeah, so that'll be interesting discussion. Um, yeah, because uh, I've only played Max Payne 3. I actually didn't play the first two, so uh, I'll have to go and get those. Um or maybe not. So anyways, uh, that's something to, to check out. Uh, <laughs> so uh, now I'm looking forward to getting to play that again. Uh, and Feng Shui. So uh, we'll... Uh, uh, Chris, is there anything you want to plug before we go? Uh, pff, not right now. I've, I've got I got stuff in the works. Just you wait. Just you wait. You'll yeah. see. You'll all see. They'll all see. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, cool. We'll talk to you later.